And I'm like, first of all, I saw one of these and I saw like a, a picture of both a man and woman's and I'm like, saw the man's and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Cause if that's all it takes to cover everything up, I'm sorry. <laughs> Second of all. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. You ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We do appreciate any help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Check out our website, whatsourverdict.com. Subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. Today, we are reviewing Blythe Spirit. It was released February 19th, 2021. It was written by Nick Moorcroft and Meg Leonard. It's directed by Edward Hall. stars Dan Stevens, Isla Fisher, Leslie Mann, Judy Dench, and Amy Fionn Edwards. It's about a spiritual medium who holds a seance for a writer suffering from writer's block, but accidentally summons the spirit of his deceased first wife, which leads to an increasingly complex love triangle with his current wife of five years. If you haven't seen this movie yet and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to go watch this movie. Pause, come back, join us once you've seen it. If you don't mind spoilers, stick with us because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. We also have a spoiler-free review. You can go to YouTube, our YouTube channel, and watch there where we tell you whether or not you should watch this thing. So go check that out if you haven't seen the movie yet. And again, come back. We're going to deep dive and talk all about it. So let's jump right in, guys. Yeah, as I said in the spoiler-free, hated this movie. Yes, Ian, what's your question? Kind of. Like jumping right into spoilers, but can you technically have writer's block if you weren't really the one writing it? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's fair. This movie starts out with him. He's like, just write something. Just write anything. And I'm like, that is what it's like to try to start a workday with ADHD. Like that is That's like true. Tuesday for me. I'm like, do something, just anything. He just types out help. Like, yeah, been there. I get you. Except I didn't have a dead ex-wife to bail me out, you know? Yeah, no shit. Yeah. So there's my first problem, Ian, you bring it up. And no, you can't have Roger's block if you're not writing anything to begin with. But there's my first problem is that's not how the story goes. Like right out the gate, I was like, why has he got writer's block? Because oh. In the in the play, he's not well, first of all, this movie thing, like I get you have to adapt the script a little bit because it's a movie versus a play. But in the play, in the original movie, like he was just a writer. He wrote books, which he does in this, and they mention the fact that he's got all these books. But he the whole premise of this play or this story is that he's researching, which they kind of touch on for his next novel. And that is he writes murder mysteries, and so he's gonna write about a spiritualist who's a killer. And so that's why he had he invites Madame Arcadi over to do this seance is to to write to get you know inspiration for and research for his next book. There's nothing to do with writer's block. Now I'm actually okay. I was okay with the writer's block. I got past the writer's block because of the fact that it was a movie, and I would have been okay. You know, when Elvira comes back, like if she was actually his muse, I was not a fan of the fact that she wrote the books for him. Like that one really pissed me off. I was like, you just made him like a worthless character. Like I cannot get behind this guy at all because he's a worthless piece of shit misogynist like <laughs> it's like how am i supposed to like this guy i can't at all what was his name again the character's name charles charles, charles. Yeah. what an idiot dude yeah in the movie he's horrible character horrible character <laughs> he's like the only person i wasn't rooting for i was literally yeah. rooting for everyone else yeah. except him i mean i was rooting for 
I was rooting for Elvira the most, well, obviously. Yeah. Which I think if you're rooting for them, then the ending's great. I oh, feel like for he gets, sure. It's uh, what oh, it yeah. deserves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the place that they took the movie, like, I understand all of the movie beats for the most part, especially the ending. Like, the where they took the script and the storyline, like, it makes sense. And like I said, I think that's why where you guys didn't mind it and had fun with it, like, because you're new to it, like, you weren't familiar with the story. Coming in new, I'm sure would be pretty funny and and wouldn't be a problem for me it just man they just ruined something to me that was hilarious because you know so for example the part where elvira first comes back and they had this conversation where he's yelling at her and poor ruth thinks that he's yelling at her mm-hmm. but he and she doesn't realize and they, that didn't get old to me that was hilarious and it was funny and that that first part comes right out of the play, like almost word for word. The dialogue is exactly the same, which is one of the funniest parts of the whole play. But that goes on throughout the whole play until she realizes like he makes he does make her like Elvira. He's like, help me out here. And in the play, she moves like a, a bowl of flowers, makes it like levitate or whatever. And then Ruth believes her or believes him at that point. But there's like three scenes where he's having conversations with both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and Ruth has no idea who he's talking to because he thinks she, she thinks he's talking to her, and it's hilarious. And they cut out two of those scenes, which is the funniest part to me. And so I was like, man, I wish they'd left those in. I'm kind of glad one thing that they did with because with a lot of ghost movies, you get like, oh, this ghost like can fade through walls, but can also like throw a pot across the room. Right. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, you got to pick. You can have both. Right. Like the ghost can either interact with physical objects or it can't. So at least in this one, they explain like there are stages of ghosts ghostiness and one of them is like having physical substance and you know so i appreciate that but i don't know why that came into mind but the part where um elvira is driving the car and ruth comes out and scolds her but has no idea where she is so she like tries to scold her and the child's like she's over there and she marches on over to the other side of the car and like wags her finger at the driver's seat and elvira's not there either i love that part that part was great that part's funny too, and that comes right out of a play. They're a version of that, so they t- they mention it in the one of the other things that I don't love is because there's a whole other storyline that they don't tell. So big spoilers for the play and kind of the movie. So there's the part where the the housekeeper and I can't remember her name, the little mousy housekeeper comes down and she's got Edith. the limp. Edith, yeah, she's got the limp right. Because, and then he's <laughs> like, he's like, what the hell happened? She goes, I slipped on like some car oil or some motor oil, axle grease, axle grease, yeah. <laughs> That whole thing has a purpose because in the play, Edith is actually the one that is the medium. Oh, Madame Arcadi has no connection to the other side in the play. They end up figuring out that it's Edith that has actually brought Elvira back because she was in bringing sandwiches and drinks as the the seance was going on. And so she inadvertently so she's trying to so elvira's trying to kill edith and charles so that she either can't be sent away because they're trying to figure out how to get rid of her or she's trying to get charles to be on the other side with her so they completely gloss over the fact that edith slips on some some axle grease and it's purposeful in the play Yeah, I thought it was that she put out the axle grease to kill one of those two, and Edith yeah. just happened to be the one that walked to down. slip on it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so maybe you guys can help me understand this, right? Because I thought Charles was infatuated with Elvira the whole time, but near the end of the movie, it kind of seemed like he wasn't infatuated with her, but her ability to help him write a book. And I think that's a point that they made at the end. Is that is that right? 
Yeah, I yeah. think that's where they were going with this story. What about you, mm. Ian? Yeah, I think so too. Well, it was kind of interesting because when the Elvira first gets there, they're talking about all the good times and missing each other and all that stuff. And then uh, by the end, when they're like driving the ambulance back or whatever, they start like really hashing it out about how she went and slept with some guy on their honeymoon or something like that. Like, it's like, this is not the same marriage you guys described at the start. So yeah, I'm thinking that's probably what it was is they were showing that Elvira was and the him writing is where a lot of the relationship came from. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that ending. and that's the other i think to me this is where the fundamental problem that i have with this movie is because they completely change a lot of the characters their baseline level which is the thing about the the play was and the original movies all three characters are very likable charles is actually a nice guy he's a great writer and he loves two women one that just happens to be dead and brought back and Mm -hmm. And Ruth, and he loves them, love them both, loves them both. And he's moved on to a certain degree from Elvira. And he's really nice in the very first act of the play. Yet they have this conversation with Ruth and Charles where he's, she's saying, I'm surprised because they've been married for five years. She's been dead for seven. He's like, she says, I'm actually surprised you don't talk more about Elvira, that, you know, you don't have a hard enough time, you know, as hard a time as you do. And he says, you know, look, and he's really kind to her because she says, was she very beautiful? And he says, yes. And she says, was she more? beautiful than me he goes that's not an appropriate question for me to answer because he's Mm -hmm. like and he's trying to be very kind and refuses to answer that question and then and he tells her look i you know she's dead I've moved past it. And so he kind of contains his feelings so as to try to not make Ruth feel bad or question his love for her. So, and all three of these characters are extremely likable, but the truth comes out when, when Elvira comes back, you start to see that Charles was having a harder time than he led on with her death. And he really loved her. And she was his muse in a lot of cases. So like there was this, now this dynamic of three characters that you really liked. So I had a hard time because I did find myself in this movie going, Charles is an asshole across the board. He's a terrible human being. Ruth, is annoying for the first yeah. half of the movie so i'm yeah. like totally all for elvira coming in and fucking shit up dude i was all and for so that I, yeah and so i get what they were trying to do but i feel like you missed out on a lot of nuance with this story about who do i root for while you're laughing your ass off the whole time because there's all these interactions with these ghosts and then i thought they really missed the boat because one thing they add that i liked was more judy dench i love judy dench and she's in this movie and, and madame arcati's only in the play like two scenes three scenes and one of them is very short Mm. because it's Ruth goes to her and says, you know, you've brought back this woman. I need your help getting rid of her. Right. So I did like that they added her in and Casey and I had a funny conversation after the movie because we were like, they missed out on a great opportunity for some serious comedy in this movie because they had Madame Arcati trying to do all of these different things. And I think instead of at the end when she's in the cave trying to get rid of Elvira, it would have been funnier if they just randomly cut to her trying to bring her husband or boy, whatever, her soldier back using all these different techniques and she's failing. So you see her squeezing a lemon into a fire that shit's funny like every that's, scene of her trying to get rid of it would have been funny so how funny would it have been she doesn't have the ability to bring people back because it was edith right but you keep cutting to all these scenes of her trying and failing using weird ass shit so sad <laughs> but how funny would that shit be right because it was hilarious in the cave i have a question about that why did they in- was there like a specific reason they included the like her bringing back her soldier husband is that like 
something to do in the play because I felt like that was just this little storyline that didn't really bring anything to the overall plot like it was I don't know I was just kind of curious if that was from the play or no in the play she plays a very small part Ian if you die like like let's assume that you're like married right and you die right now and your wife 40 years from now summons you back so she's like 70 80 years old as a ghost do you just pretend like you're still attracted to her because you're still the same age right you're still in your prime bro so you come back and you're like wow you've aged and then she's like i'm so happy to see you now we can spend forever together and you're like oh okay i guess this is my life now you know like what do you do i I take one step further and ask if he died at the age that he did and she died at 70, does that mean when she does finally get to the other side that they have to spend the rest of eternity <laughs> with that That's age range? Ages. That's a really good question about the afterlife, Ian. I really thank you. I'm really glad you brought that up. <laughs> I have no answer. That would be the harder, harder situation in my mind than just coming back to Earth for a little bit and saying hi. These are the yeah. questions. These are the, these are the important questions. It's true. Thank you, Ian. I'm so glad we have you here. We'd still well, be talking about Judy Dedge. Hey, and look, lemons. If it weren't for you, this guy's the. <laughs> Speaking of lemons. Speaking of lemons, that's funny. This guy's the best, best character in this whole movie. He loves this woman enough to like hang out with her, even though she's eighty years old and he's thirty. The rest of them, they run Dude, his he, ass over at the end, and then they war. leave his ass alone. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so did. I have a, I have a question for Javier. So if oh, you were okay, in the beer spot and you were a ghost and you could do like any of the prank nonsense, what oh. like what would you choose to do to somebody? Like pranking, right. or if I was trying to kill one of them? Ooh, those are both good options. I mean, like, what would yeah? What would be your your axe is like this ghost. I don't know how to phrase the question, that's but a, I know you're really trying to That's a really good question. Ask. Yeah, that's a really good question. I hadn't thought about it. I did think, though, that they're like hiding in the bathroom, right? And I'm like, she could get in that bathroom like super easily. If she wanted to kill someone, just go in there, kill them in their sleep. I don't understand. Like, you would literally fill up that bathtub with water and drown them both. You know, like, <laughs> I don't understand what we're doing here. So I guess I know that doesn't answer your question, but I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would do. Ruth. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I just feel like there are ways to kill Charles in that bathroom <laughs> that she figured out, obviously, because she walked in with a blade. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. But I did really respect. I really respected the China uh, cabinet on the roof. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> I like that she drives him. She does things that make him uh, look like he's crazy. And he ends up getting like sent to the... dude that yeah, scene of him running around the garden with the croquet mallet i died i was giggling to myself because like ruth's dad and her friend were like having a conversation about how great she was and in the background you just see him running back and forth like a scooby-doo montage of just with his croquet mallet i loved it it was so good i did enjoy that addition because that's not in the play where he goes to the the insane asylum or he's like running around that way that shit was funny i will give they that wasn't a good addition to the movie i would rather eat my tongue than ask you for help oh good you might get the chance because doctor here is gonna take you to electroshock therapy in 15 minutes wait what so Uh, crazy 
man, you did not want to be in the loony bin in the 1930s. No, no. They did some weird shit then. Super modern for the 1930s. Like, they're Mm -hmm. having, yeah, kind of weird. There's a mental health facility here in Provo that has been around since before the state of Utah was a state. So you can only imagine the horrific things that have been done in that building. And uh, I only know that because I had to go volunteer there for like school or whatever. Yeah. I mean, dude, they're probably chaining people up in the basement in there. Probably. They had one down there that they turned into a a haunted house at one point. And like, it was brutal. Like my mom told me when they lived. So my mom and dad went to BYU for a minute and they went to a haunted house. My mom doesn't do haunted houses and shit. So I was surprised that she told me she went to this one, but they grabbed her. She's claustrophobic. She's like me. She can't do that shit. But they back then, like nowadays, you can't get touched except for like one or two places will let you if you sign a waiver and shit. But even then, they like just like hit like touch you, touch you. Back then, my mom tells me a story where she was going through one of these old asylums in Provo and they grabbed her and stuffed her in a coffin for like two minutes. I was like, dude, I uh, think they still have that and they still do it. Like I recently saw a video of it and like this couple like was walking up to this house and these children ran out and like grabbed the dude there was like 15 children and this other mass dude picked up his wife or girlfriend and carried her inside the house Mm -mm. no way dude Mm -mm. absolutely not no I feel like you got to kind of, you're taking your life in your own hand. When you're somebody that's doing those haunted houses and grabbing and running away with people, I'm sure there's got to be people who have had their fight or flight reaction end up fight. <laughs> like, that's got to be, who? who gets off on this? I'm not king shaming, but like, who's into this? What's yeah, wrong with you people? I guess I, I am king shaming. If that's your king, <laughs> if that's your king, you should be shamed for that. That's, that's horrible. Uh, the one, like, so I, we went to one in Salt Lake that you can sign a waiver and they're allowed to touch you. And there's like a couple extra rooms you can go through if you sign it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, your people need to sign a waiver for me to go through that version. Because I swear to God, if you touch me, someone's getting hit. Like, yeah. I'm out. Like, I love you. haunted houses, but don't touch me. Yeah. I will hit you. It's not that I want to. My natural reaction is if you lay hands on me, I'm going to put them back. <laughs> you guys see that video of this? It's like this high school video of they're like, they're interviewing this this kid and behind him this other kid bursts out of a trash can with like a gorilla mask on and the kid freaks out sucker punches him right in the face and the kid falls back into the trash can <laughs> that's there's what one, I, there's one two, there's one too where this dude's on a porch and he's sitting like a scarecrow on this rocking chair and this guy walks up like a delivery guy or something walks up to the door and the guy stands up and jumps on the as the scarecrow dude drops the guy's delivery punches him in the face and runs off the porch (laughs) (laughs) and then like two seconds later realizes what happened and the guy comes back he's like i'm sorry man i'm sorry you scared me (laughs) and the dude's got this bloody nose (laughs) it's like i'm so fired oh it was great it was fantastic (laughs) anyway where were we we were talking about we were talking about different ways that they try to kill that she was trying to kill him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. and then the crazy guy in the asylum when they put I, him in the asylum. So I always think I cutting the brake line is a hilarious way to try to kill someone. But like 
in practice that would just never work because I'm like she just she didn't break the whole time she was driving she just she just left the city drove into the countryside didn't have to break a single time she's just now figuring out that the brakes don't work at the edge of a cliff <laughs> well and to be honest with you I think that's why they kept the time frame because I kept thinking I'm surprised they didn't modernize it and make it in today today's time period right and I think that's probably the only reason because nowadays like you say there's no way you could leave with a broken brake line and not realize it earlier Mm -hmm. but back then they've got to drive miles without touching their brakes probably because one the cars didn't go that fast in the 30s and two they live out in the countryside where they're not going to run into it's not like you're running into a stop sign or a stoplight anytime soon so Mm, once they once you start getting going down that hill now all of a sudden for me i was more like there's got to be somewhere else you could steer that car besides (laughs) off the cliff (laughs) the strings still work yeah. And it was it was so like undramatic, right? They yeah. zoom out and you just see the car careen over and just like splash land in the water. And it's like <laughs> boom, you're like in the morgue. Yeah. There's no like explosion or big splashes. Boop, boop morgue I'm like what <laughs> just happened <laughs> it was so abrupt to me because i feel like the leading up to that you're just dragging stuff on right there's like she's trying to kill it there's like this affair that like it like it's just kind of a slow movie and then boom ruth dies and like everything after that it's just he gets put into an insane asylum they summon ruth back on accident like all this stuff just happens in like a 15 minute ban i'm like what if the whole movie was this put paste this would be amazing well in the whole play that's the play is that paste like it, there's like two scenes that happen once they bring elvira back where all the, the shenanigans are happening she's trying to kill him like she cuts a she saws a ladder like the legs of a ladder in the play so he goes to climb this ladder and the thing falls apart underneath <laughs> him <That's awesome. laughs> and then like and they replace that with like the china cabinet which was much funnier but yeah like she saws these legs and then there's like this whole scene of like some books getting pushed off the shelf to scare ruth and and then ruth leaves to go like something happened. i don't even remember why ruth leaves in the play but she leaves and then it cuts to this third act where ruth is dead and then <laughs> madame arcati comes back and acts accidentally bring and then her and edith accidentally bring ruth back then it turns into this then they figure out that it's ruth right madame arcati figures out that it's ruth she feels bad and then they end up getting rid of both of them but they don't fully get rid of them they just make it so nobody can see them they're still there and then (laughs) the end the end of this play is charles is sitting on the in the living room and he gives this big like soliloquy about how he's gonna live his life and he's he loved them both but he's gonna move on and be happy and and then all the books and this and they're so they're still there he just can't see them so all these books start flying off the shelves and like (laughs) vases get thrown at his head and shit like because they're both just fucking shit at him and then he just walks and he goes love you lady see you later and walks out of the house (laughs) that's amazing so the whole like fraud thing isn't a thing and uh okay so thing the movie to understand that that. the whole time elvira was alive she was copying these books yeah and telling him to write them down yeah, she was taking these Mexican authors' books and copying the stories for him to write. And no one caught on until Apparently that not. moment? I mean, in the 30s, I could see it, right? Like, it's not like 
1939 America, you're going to walk in and see a lot of Spanish language books in the bookstore. And it's yeah, not like if, publishing if back I'm then an was author, the same. Right? I, I should know who the best-selling authors you know, That's fair. in the world are. And I'm like, if one of the best-selling authors' books are my books, I'd be like, oh, wait a second. But it's also, dude, writing pays, man. Did you see that house? Writers, when they're top selling writers, they make money. Man. I mean, they're uh what do they call them? The they're not bonuses, but like they're they get paid before they write the book. Mm. And I can't think of the term. Yeah. Oh, like um, I forget the author, but Ready Player One, like mm-hmm. he sold the movie rights for the second book. It's not even written yet, right? Oh, it's finished now. It's <laughs> oh, finished it's now. now. Yeah, is it oh, yeah. player two? Wait, is it out? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Two months. It's not as good. Uh, I doubt it because I'm sure he rushed through it because he's a freaking sellout, dude. Fair enough. (laughs) Just trying Um, to get a payday, bro. Advance. They give him an advance. Mm. Most most authors get a pretty fat advance to like, and the idea is, is that sustains them while they write. So there's, because they're not making any money while they're writing other than royalties. But yeah, they make big money. And then you get that, you sell the rights for the movies you do. Yeah. I mean, it's, they make money. They can make money. Most authors don't make a lot of money, but when you, if you hit it right, that you can make. That's why everybody fucking writes books now. Everybody and their dog writes books. I write sure. books. Should I write a book? I, you could. I should write a book. I'm telling you, <laughs> I everybody write writes books, man. That's like every every Hollywood actor, athlete, they all have books. But Dude, you're right. I mean, they let anyone write books nowadays. Dude, they encourage it, man. Like seriously, I'm like. What the fuck? Everybody writes books, and people. Let's write a book, guys. We should. We could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's let's just let's just write it. We'll figure it out. I like it by hand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so in this one, I will say there's a couple things with this movie that, and, and there's two core things that I just hated, and I already told you what they did with Charles, making him just a complete douchebag and no redeeming qualities at all. Like I was like, oh god, this is terrible. I don't love what they did with that, and then I don't love. Like, I don't love how it ended, and but that comes from what they did with Charles because they had to end it that way. They have to shame him. They have to make him realize, everybody realize how big of a douche he is, and then they run his ass over mm-hmm. with his own damn car. <laughs> and then nobody on the set of this movie sees this car driving itself and run some dude over and then drive through the set like mm, that was an yeah i feel like they lost track of that sometimes like at the anniversary party where uh-huh. she spikes ruth's drink yeah i was like there's a table full of people that just didn't notice a bottle just like floating around yeah or three like, tablets fizzing in her drink like right when no one was at that seat like what the hell I thought it was so funny, the scandalous scene of her in her oh, underwear. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's like a full blood, that's like a full blood outfit in yeah. 2021. <laughs> so <it's> like, no <laughs> shit. She was overdressed for 2021. Yeah, dude. It was summer. She was way yeah. overdressed. <laughs> way overdressed. Nowadays, you got more clothing in a thing of tooth floss than you do an actual <laughs> summer bikini for men or women. Oh. Dude, have you seen these bathing suits for men now that like, and they have them for women too, but like they don't even close up. They're like a U and it like just sits and it comes to a top. Like you can't see. First of all, it doesn't look like you're wearing anything on the ass, right? Because it goes up your butt crack. Oh, like banana sling that we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, but they're not like, it, there's no like strap holding this thing up. Like it just sits in your butt crack and then you got a cover that covers your junk if you're a dude. And then there's like a little like oval for women that like just covers just enough to know that you're not seeing everything. That just sounds like being naked with extra work. 
that's all it is. Like, it's as close to naked as you can get without actually being naked. And I'm like, first of all, I saw one of these and I saw like a, a picture of both a man and woman's and I'm like, saw the man's and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Because if that's all it takes to cover everything up, you, I'm sorry. <laughs> second of all, second of all, if you move, like you couldn't do anything. Like you just have to like wear this thing and stand there because if you move at all, it's coming out. Like there's either that or it's so tight that that's not comfortable even remotely. Like that's putting pressure in places you don't want it. It's to about be. making a statement, JJ. Dude, there's so many other statements you could say besides I look very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> good because i'm also uncomfortable yeah exactly. <laughs> anyway i'll probably edit all of that out but you definitely got to keep keep that part anyway i just hate yeah and i think the end really did it for me i hated the way this movie ended because the ending to me for the play is so good like where you're just like laughing at the fact that these women are still here and he's just like i love you but i'm moving on <laughs> And then they're throwing shit around. Like, it's just one of those things where it's just such a comedy of errors. And this one, it felt like it was a comedy of let's destroy this piece of shit, man, which is cool. But I thought the other was funny. Er. Yeah, they me. seem like so. two different stories. It seems Very like different. this one is 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 like inspired by. Yeah, all oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. yeah, they took some definite creative license, which is fine. I get it. You got to make some changes for a movie, but I feel like you could have kept the basics a little more on point and still had a funny, enjoyable movie as yeah. opposed to what they did. And I did feel like they stretched it out a little longer than it needed to be. And it's a short movie. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes long. They're, I appreciated that. Me too. Me I appreciate too. A, a pretty tight movie. But I feel like part of what they did was they stretched everything out so long to get it to an hour. Because it's only like an hour and 20 minute play, hour and 10 minute play. It's pretty short, funny little comedy. So they had to lengthen it. But I feel like they could have done better at lengthening it. Anyway, I don't know. I just feel like they were, got a little sloppy with it, especially at the end. Like you said, Javier, the last 15 minutes were at like warp speed. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird pacing. <laughs> yeah it, they drug it out forever at the beginning and then like and then Karina car off a cliff yeah. and then it's like okay now we're going yeah <laughs> so I, I think there were some pacing issues but usually i don't like that when a movie's that jarring with the pacing but after what they did through the ending i almost kind of liked it because it was i don't know i had like physical reactions of like what is going on but that by the end, like it, it made me laugh. So yeah, I'm glad they kept with like the comical part. Unlike that, uh, was that horror movie we watched with uh, Vince Vaughn? Oh, freaky. Yeah, where it's like sometimes it was funny and sometimes it was horrifying. I'm glad yeah. with this one. Like even Ruth dying, I was like kind of laughing. I'm like, what the heck? What, what just happened? So I'm glad they kept with like even though they're dealing with like people dying of like ghosts and murder and stuff. That it was still like it wasn't intense. Yeah. Anyway, not my favorite. Should we rate this thing? Yeah, let's I mean, rate it. I will go first this time. I wanted to like this movie, and I know it's a biased thing for me. Like, I know there's things behind it that I wanted to like this movie because I enjoyed the play so much, and I and it's just funny. I think the dialogue's great. There were some things that they did very well. The acting's good. I, I bag on it, but I, I love Leslie Mann. I love Isla Fisher. They both were fantastic in this movie. They were funny. They played their parts well. Overall, the story was, very, was similar enough that it was interesting, and there were some very funny parts. I feel like they missed out on some more 
or comedy of both things that didn't happen in the play and things that did. I really would have liked to have seen them utilize Madame Arcadi a little bit more than her just wandering around trying to find spells. But I think using the fact that they had some funny parts with her in the cave. And I think if they just stretched that throughout the movie, it would have made the pacing seem a little bit better to me. And it would have added injected some different humor. But yeah, I think that I think there were some things they missed out on. I think there were some things they did well. Overall, I just didn't love the way they changed the actual storyline. I felt it, it felt forced to me like they were just trying to make it more modern when I don't think that they needed to. So overall, for me, didn't love this movie. I'm going to give it a one and a half. I think it could have been worse, but definitely could have been way better for me. So yeah, one and a half for me. Ian. So I think this boils down to like ignorance is bliss with this movie. Like I didn't know anything coming into it, no expectations and just wasn't sure what I'd get out of it. And then and it ended up being kind of enjoyable. I thought the comedy was fun. I wasn't like busting a gut throughout, but there were some parts that were entertaining at the end. I kind of had some more reactions. It was a little more funnier there, but like JJ kind of said, acting, acting was good. I don't think there's anything that really stands out in this movie for me, but so I'm going to do, I want to say 2.5. Like this is your middle of the road. If you need something to watch average movie, it's fun, but probably won't watch it again. Oh yeah. I should say I would never watch this movie again. Javier. Jeez, I'm going to be the nicest to this movie. <laughs> Which is, welcome when to does, the party, pal. <laughs> when does that happen? I thought it was fun. Like it is a unique story. Right. And it kind of sounds like the story's better, like watching a play or whatever. But like, come on, guys. When was the last time you saw a play talking to the audience? Not you guys. Just or even you guys. I don't know. When was the you, last don't time? To, you don't want me to answer that. I, I'm, I'm often, a drama nerd, dude. Oh, that's true. How <laughs> I was often are people holder. watching play? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Until the Some pandemic, people dude, are. I was going once a month. <laughs> I'm just saying for the normal people who have sex regularly, like how many times do you guys watch plays? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> Try not to tack onto that one. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Uh, so random and yet so funny. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is you guys probably aren't going to watch the play. So just watch the movie. It's fun. It's a good like kind of unique storyline. There are some funny parts to it. Yeah, I mean, as far as things that are coming out right now, like, I mean, Marvel's not going to be better than this movie. So, like, you might as well put this on your list. Anyway, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a three because it's not like it's not amazing. You know, I'm not trying to oversell it. I'm just saying that it's, you know, it's uh, it's better than, you know, some other things that are on right now. You know, I'm on like season 12 of Doctor Who and I don't know why. There's just nothing else to watch. So it's better than that. Anyway, I'd watch this again. I wouldn't like not on like a guy's night or like uh, if I have a moment to myself, but if, you know, like I'm in the room and someone's like, let's watch this movie. I'll watch it. I just won't go out of my way. Anyway, sure. But I'm not a post watch. Anyway, so that's um, that's it. That's all I got. Cool. That's all, all right. Folks. One and a half, two and a half and a three. So there's our there's our verdict for Blythe Spirit. Go check it out. Javier's not wrong and Ian's not wrong. There's nothing much out to watch right now. So if you're looking for something that has some entertainment value, there are worse things you could pick. Though I would always recommend let's watch something that you've seen before, but is really good. Like, I don't know, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I love you. So talking or- about. <laughs> or any number of movies that we've reviewed on this podcast that you can go back and listen to us talk about that were better than this. Just not She Dies Tomorrow. Um, oh, that's what I was trying to think of. That, that is rock bottom for me. Or- 
as before. So the point of this is there are worse things to watch than Blythe Spirit, but like she dies tomorrow. Skyline. Like the worst movie you've ever seen. It's not that bad. No, it's not that. (laughs) But there are better movies out there too. But if you're looking for something new you haven't seen before, you could probably check this movie out. And next week we will be reviewing our one year anniversary to the day, March 1st. And we promised six or seven months ago that our one year would be Jurassic Park. So we will be reviewing Jurassic Park for next week. Um, We have a slew of other movies coming out in March. So keep that up. There's some new movies finally coming out that look like they might be worth watching. Not better than Jurassic Park, though. On accident. May or may not be better than Jurassic Park. But there are some I'm excited for, uh, including, yeah, no, I won't go there. You'll just have to check it out. Go sign up for our newsletter. Check out our website where you'll see what's coming in March very soon as I start to put together that list. But yeah, I'm stoked for what's coming uh, April and May should be fun as well with that said don't forget you can find us on uh, social media facebook instagram twitter all at what's our verdict you can also find us on youtube where we do uh, everything from trailer reactions to watching javier jump out of his skin during horror movies which we need to do again soon um really don't (laughs) you know how exhausting that is for me oh it takes years off my life i bet it's funny though. You're adding years to other people's lives because That's you're true. Through, and la- through laughter. For so every- really, I'm a doctor, really. Exactly. <laughs> well, and here's the thing is even as I was editing all these, like you laugh as well. So every time you get scared, you end up laughing a few minutes later. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. So hard. <laughs> I have to laugh or I cry. <laughs> shit was great so yeah go check out our youtube channel because you can see javier jump out of his skin you can also see spoiler free reviews for most of the new movies that we do we'd love to hear from you send us an email at hosts at what's our verdict.com also you can leave comments on our website about our our episodes we'd love to hear your feedback please leave a review apple podcasts pod chaser wherever it is you listen we'd love to hear your feedback we appreciate you tuning in and uh, with that and we'll catch you on the next one bye-bye now cinemagic out <laughs>